Hey, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Bria and a Blunt. Once again, I don't have a blunt. Um, I'm smoking out of my bong again today, but we still high. We still finna do it. So I've already uploaded an episode that's just a little bit more about myself and about my podcast. So for this episode, I wanted to do a book review. It'll be the first episode other than the intro on my channel, but technically my second episode. And I wanted to start off with a book review because it's something very general. It's something that I'm going to be doing kind of often. So if this is your type of thing, you'll get a good feel for how my channel's going to go and how I talk on my podcast. Oh my gosh. This podcasting thing is way harder than people make it look. I also started a YouTube channel and stuff this week. So sitting at home alone talking to myself is becoming more and more comfortable by the day. The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz is the book that I'm going to be reviewing in this podcast. I think it's a great book. I did do some researching about it just to make sure that um, it was something that I could, you know, tell people to read, tell people to look into, and it's, you know, not supporting any wrong causes or any um, terrible people. And I did find some tea. This one woman commented and said that the author Don Miguel Ruiz, that he was like a cult leader and that he was sleeping with the women in his cult um, who were like editing and like publishing his book or something like that. I looked up some more about him being a cult leader and people were saying that he follows the ideals of being a cult leader. Like, you know, he's charismatic and he has a following. There wasn't a ton. I wouldn't say it's like all over the internet if you search him, but I did find some stuff. The part about him sleeping with the women who edit and publish his book, I did not find anything other than that one woman's comment about that. Some other parts I did find, though, um, to be pretty widespread throughout different reviews of this book on the internet is that he claims this book is um, derives from, like, Toltec knowledge and, like, ancient the ancient Toltec people who became who came before the Aztecs. I was looking into that. There's a lot of people saying that that's fraud and that this book and the author and what he's preaching have nothing to do with it or not nothing, but maybe just it's not completely true and it doesn't follow um, the original ways of the Toltec people. Apparently they were really warlike and they even did human sacrifices. I'm not sure. Either way, the book itself and the message that it proposes is really great in my opinion, so I think it's worth listening in that regard. Um, It's totally up to you whether or not you want to support Don Miguel Ruiz's work. Um, Yeah, I was just letting you guys know that because I know it is important to some people and that you would probably like to know. But to go on with the review, if you care to know how good the book is, from my opinion, I will let you know. So this book called The Four Agreements has just that, four agreements that the author stresses are going to help you in life, have better communication, have better relationships, and less conflict, less um, suffering overall, just help you. It's a self-help book. 
And he also talks about some other things other than just the four agreements, but that's basically the whole book. The book's really short. It's like 140 pages or something like that. I read the whole thing in probably a matter of like two hours. And so I really think that its message is totally worth it. It takes no time at all to read the book. It's a simple, short, like you don't really have to be paying attention to every single word. Um, He repeats himself a lot, so you can honestly skim and still get the gist. Or you could just listen to my podcast, because I'm going to tell you what he said anyway. (laughs) So the first agreement is to be impeccable with your word. He explains that, like, by definition, impeccable really just means to be without sin. So to speak without sin is what he means when he says to be impeccable with your word, which I really like. I think that when he's saying to speak without sin, he means like not to do anything or I mean not to say anything that would be um, against yourself, against your own agreements and your morals and whatnot. Because what's a sin to you might not be a sin to me. And that's important to note that this is all very like personal. You have to take upon these agreements with yourself and then hold yourself accountable for acting them out. Also in the first agreement, he really emphasizes the fact that your words are so powerful. The things you say can be used as spells. He uses the word spells. Um, Like people like to manifest, people are like speaking into existence, you know, put the good vibes out there, whatever it is that you believe in, whether it be like God, source, energy, vibrations, divine spirits, anything like that. I think we all understand how you could like jinx yourself a little bit. But further than that, like, how many of us negative self-talk just in general? Like, I feel like you don't realize it when it's yourself. You don't realize it when there are thoughts that are just in your head because no one's there to tell you, like, hey, don't say that. Or, you know, you're not fat. You're not ugly. You're not dumb. Those kind of things. When it's in your head, though, those words still mean something. Like, those those thoughts and those beliefs definitely mean something. So he also stresses not to have negative self-talk and not to... Um, cast black magic spells on yourself with it. Um, Negative self-talk is a huge problem for me. I have like super low self-esteem when it comes to stuff like this. I'm like the worst, but I'm trying very hard to do those like daily affirmations. When you speak something out loud, when you say the words into the air for you to hear them, for potentially other people to hear them, but even if you're alone, like I say my affirmations with my dogs around and that's enough for me. So your words really carry and every day you tell yourself even if you don't believe it I'm beautiful or I'm smart even if it's just one thing you don't have to shower yourself or be conceited or cocky I feel like that's a very very far opposite end of the spectrum for people who negative self-talk they're like oh I don't want to be too cocky or I don't want to be full of myself and I'm like okay but you don't care about yourself at all (laughs) I'm speaking to myself (laughs) anyways um Yeah, so just be impeccable with your word. Don't gossip. Don't shit talk. Don't be out there, you know, just chatting, just spitting. Say what you mean. Mean what you say. Use every breath usefully. (laughs) The second agreement is not to take things personally. This one's super hard for me. You can ask my boyfriend. It's like so bad. But I think what's important to remember is that 
The world does not revolve around you. There are 8 billion people on this planet, all experiencing the same version of this lifetime, a different way, a completely different way. Even from someone who you think is really similar to you or goes to the same school as you, looks the same as you, your brother or sister who grew up in the same household as you, they are still experiencing this lifetime a completely different way. And then all the people that came before us and all the people that are coming after us are going to experience that version of life a completely different way. So you have to remember like how small and how minuscule things really are compared to the grand total of what is life on earth. That includes more than humans, more than like animals and living beings more than plants even the bacteria like just this is <laughs> takes another bong rip what i'm trying to say is when people say things about you or even to you, just realize that that's coming from a place of a completely different reality and it's coming from a place that you know nothing about and that place probably doesn't know much about you. That person doesn't know much about your place and where you are, what you were thinking, how you were feeling, etc. So with that being said, try not to think about life as a bunch of different things happening, affecting your life, affecting you and who you are, and happening because of you, or happening in spite of you, or happening for or against you. In a certain way, yes, the universe is totally for you. Everything happens for a reason, technically. It happens to, you know, prolong your journey and give you this thing called life, but at the same time, other people's lives are happening for them, not for you. So this this don't take things personally agreement really is um, apparent in my relationship. I try to constantly remind myself, especially in moments of conflict with my partner, like his version of life is just his version of life, period. And I, I don't even have to go as far as to say that it's so different than mine, which it probably and most likely is. But we also have it very similar. We live together, so we do experience a lot of the similar things. But I didn't know him for 24 years, you know? I don't know any of that stuff or what it's done to him or how it affects him on the inside. And therefore, I can't conclude that anything he does in his life is 100% and directly involving me, even if it does affect me. So, yeah. <laughs> Don't take things personally. I think it'll really help you out. It's So far, it's been helping me out. It's also been helping me build my own self-confidence because I know when my thoughts are... Um, intrusive and attacking and negative that I don't have to believe those either. I don't have to take those personally either. The author of this book also really stresses throughout all the agreements that you make your own agreements with yourself. So these agreements are great and all, but if you don't agree to them, if you don't keep them up, then they're not technically agreements. And this book and reading it was worth absolutely nothing. And I wasted all my time. <laughs> Just kidding. But what I'm saying is you make all the agreements you want with yourself in your head. I've had agreements in my past like, you know, you should be ashamed for eating past a certain hour or you should be ashamed for eating more than a certain amount of calories or you should be ashamed that, 
you didn't wake up on time or whatever and, and you know you should be feeling rushed and you should be afraid and all these things like I should be afraid of pumping my gas which is still technically true but it's an agreement I made and as soon as I told myself I'm just gonna agree to not be scared or I'm just gonna get rid of that agreement Things seemed easier. I don't know why it made a click in my head, but hopefully it does to you. One day you can just tell yourself, you know, I have always been the person that didn't like such and such, that didn't didn't like tomatoes or didn't like watermelon. And today I no longer want to be the person that's the person that doesn't like watermelon. I want to be someone who tried watermelon, who might still not like it, but you know, I tried it again today. I don't have to like hold up that front anymore. <laughs> I don't know, that's a really bad example, but just be consistent with yourself. Be honest and true with yourself. If you're telling yourself that you're going to make an agreement and then you don't keep it, like don't keep going to bed at night like, oh, I didn't keep it because, and like making excuses. Go to bed at night saying, tomorrow, here is one specific thing I'm going to do that I can hold myself accountable for that is going to make sure that I fulfill this agreement. So on to the third. (laughs) The third agreement is to not make assumptions. This one goes very easily hand in hand about not taking things personally because I feel like the main assumption most people make is that something is about them. So that one helps. But another part of not making assumptions is just recognizing that you can always ask. You can always ask before you assume that you know. I ask tons of questions. I ask my boyfriend a million questions a day. He actually gets super irritated by it sometimes, but it's kind of cute. And I ask him, like, do you want to do this or do you want to this? And, you know, he'll say, why don't we do both? And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, let's do both. That's not a problem at all. But, you know, I'm still kind of like, okay, which one does he want to do first? (laughs) So I ask straight up. I'm like, I'm not going to assume you want to go outside and do yard work before we watch this movie because it could very well be the opposite so why not just ask it literally doesn't hurt anyone and then he tells me the answer and we continue on it's so simple makes it seem so simple at least sometimes it's very frightening to ask I know that for sure sometimes the cases aren't as simple as doing yard work or watching a movie sometimes you're trying to make an assumption about something that's like super super deep super scary like what if your partner was cheating on you and you don't want to ask because that's super fucked up and that's like automatically accusing them but also you like got this gut feeling they've been acting distant lately maybe you peep something on their phone you don't want to assume you don't want to ask you don't know where to go but it's giving you mental turmoil honestly um I still think it's better to ask than assume. That shit's just really hard, though. I totally get that. I I honestly don't really know what I would do in that situation. Don't check their phone, though. That is not cute. That's not cute at all. And the last one, (laughs) and the last agreement, is trying your best. It sounds so cliche. It sounds so simple. But it really might be the hardest one. Like, knowing what your best is, is crucial to trying your best at all times. Because your best is on a moving scale. Sometimes you're sick, sometimes you're tired, sometimes 
some some shit just happened sometimes you've got a lot on your plate sometimes you just don't look cute in your outfit and you just don't know how to go on with your day and your best might be a little bit lower than it was previously or it will be the next day that's okay one thing you always got to make sure though is that you are at least trying to do your best you're at least trying to get there don't undersell yourself don't leave with regret i think that's like the biggest fear of mine is having regrets and i do i do have regrets i think people who live with no regrets are super cool and you need to really teach me your ways you don't want to ever walk away from a situation like you could have done better and you know exactly what you could have done to do better because it's in the past it's gone now like I've always hated the feeling of playing a game and losing and being like damn like I really could have ran after that ball I really could have not let my emotions get the best of me during that play I really could have been a more supportive teammate or something or you have an argument with a close friend and you guys are disagreeing on something and you either, you know, you know, took something personally, it gets emotionally heated and you say something super rude about a personal secret they told you or something, you know, something just like a low blow, right? And then you walk away from the situation, maybe things are better, maybe they're not, and you're just like, damn, like, I did not need to say that to get my point across or I really didn't need to go there at all. I love that person. Those are the moments where you weren't trying your best, you know? And, like, sometimes that isn't seen as trying your best or not, but I think of looking at it in the light of that wasn't my best and I can do better is way more um, supportive of yourself than saying, like, damn, I fucked up. Like, you know, I'm so mean. I'm such a bitch or whatever. Like, you made a mistake. You weren't trying your best. That was the mistake. You can do better than that. And you will from now on, like, you know, to speak to yourself in, in growth and progress and moving forward type of ways. On the other hand of trying your best is like overselling yourself, which is something I always do. I'm like work hard, freaking grind to the bone until there's no more bones. Like just shred yourself to pieces, spreading yourself so thin, like work, 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 overload, overload until you crash. Like, that's also not your best. I think part of being your best and trying your best is the fact that that level of whatever it is you're doing is sustainable. Doing your best and trying your best includes being at your best shape for the longest period of time. Like, you can't just, like, go 110% for the first five days and then only be able to give 70% for the next 15. You have to be able to give a cool, solid 85%, like, the whole 20 days, right? And then by the end, you might have that little, like, pump in you to, like, push it out, sprint the last 100, right? So, yeah, I think that on either side of this trying your best scale or spectrum you can go wrong so don't think that trying your best is like overdoing yourself all the time and being so perfect like trying your best is just knowing exactly where you're at in space and time and like how you need to fulfill each action or each circumstance circumstance that you find yourself in other parts of the book that he discusses that aren't technically agreements are um the smoky mirror and the dream and also the inner judge and the inner victim. So I'll start with the smoky mirror in the dream because these concepts are like kind of hard to grasp a little bit. He explains them really well in the book, but 
I'm gonna try to like rephrase it I guess <laughs> so basically the smoky mirror is the visualization or like the illustration of his way of saying that we're all just the universe having a human experience we're all just reflections of each other and of ourselves because we are all connected to one source one energy one god whatever you want to call it so <clears throat> we're all mirrors and the smoke between us is the reality and all of the rules and guidelines and conditioning that we've created for our lives so society's dream is all the rules all the laws all of the ways in which you believe living life is supposed to be done so that's different from each society as we know but the main society of like human life is at a certain level different than you know a dog's life or a tree's life like society's dream is just you know don't don't murder each other and like all these other common quote-unquote common knowledge things that every human is kind of conditioned to know and believe as like just true foundational fact those are all still technically part of this dream all still technically part of this facade that humans are conditioned to believe and see when we're born into it but he says you know the reality and the mirror aspect the reflection of one another shows that the truth without all the smoke in the dream the truth is we're all connected we can all have our individual dreams that don't even coincide with society's dreams and that would just be another way and to experience this lifetime so i hope that kind of made sense to you but it's a pretty cool concept when you think about it like how everything's falling apart in the world right now is kind of a representation of how the society's dream is falling apart like man the other topics that he talks about that aren't agreements are the inner judge and the inner victim the inner judge is like the voice in your head i don't know if you guys have it but i have one that bitch is loud they're the one in your head that says you know you did this wrong you did that wrong these are ways in which you could improve or be better or strive to be perfect even and usually the judge is not very nice mine's not very nice um pretty pretty harsh in the punishment region um but i would like to say you know the silver lining is that the judge wants you to be better like the inner judge inside of you is just judging what you're doing now because your higher self your enlightened self the end goal self that's you know completely fulfilled in all ways you know who you want to be by the end of your life basically knows that you can be better knows that you didn't have to say those hurtful things knows that you could have put in a little bit more effort you know that's the inner judge and that's the silver lining of it but usually it's just where all that negative self-talk comes from at least for me and the inner victim is the receiver usually the one i identify with more which isn't a good thing either but the one i identify with more is the inner victim is the me who's doing all these things wrong right so the inner victim is walked all over and feels fragile and small and i just think that both of these can get the fuck out okay i'm trying to be me myself and i all of it the parts that want me to be better but aren't judging me the parts that forgive myself that's what i want i don't want to be sitting here contemplating about everything i've done wrong and how it could have gone better because one 
I can't go back and change that. And two, I can really just focus on what it is I need to do to be better, not what it is I've done, I've done wrong. So that's what I think about those two topics in the book. So all in all, that's my review of The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. I think it's a really great book. I think there's a little bit of controversy tied into it, but other than that, I still think it's worth the read. Super quick and easy. You could probably find it on internetarchive.com. The article I found um, that relates a lot to his message being tied with humanistic psychology and cognitive behavioral psychology, I found on Psychology Today um, by... (laughs) by a man named John A. Johnson. I don't know, I just thought that was kind of funny. Like, your last name's Johnson, and you popped out and your parents were like, John, yup, okay. Another one I found that has to do with how Don Miguel Ruiz has nothing to do with the modern movement surrounding like the Toltec people was on thoughtco.com if you're interested in looking into the tea. Other than that, thank you guys for listening. I hope you roll one up. Follow me on my other socials, please. I will leave those in the description down below. And see you guys next time.